0: One,
1: two, three, four. Welcome back, ladies and germs, for another episode of Spilt Milk. Um, now, coast to coast, kind of, because I'm in the Eastern Time Zone and Fran is in the Pacific, so technically it counts. And today we are talking about the Marvel. Disney TV show WandaVision, which for reasons we'll get into, I cannot believe we're actually doing an episode on. But alas, here we are. Fran, how are you?
0: Here we are indeed. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just have to do a little bit of time zone nerdery uh, because that's just the kind of nerd that I am. Um, we, I, I'm in Tucson, Arizona, and we are on mountain time but we don't do daily savings time here so it's okay. functionally the same as pacific time at this time so we are three hours apart
1: in sync with the folks in the pacific time zone okay but i assume yes, but we fall. are not
0: in the pacific time zone
1: okay so you're in the mountain time yeah. zone and in fall you'll be yes. with the mountain time zone then fully yes fully okay. so it's going to be complicated <laughs>
0: But yeah, so it is surprising that we're doing this show because we are a couple of nerds. Um, but our, our nerdery is not usually superhero
1: directed. At least it no. isn't for me. I
0: don't know about no. you. No.
1: And I I don't think when we were in college together that ever well, like I feel like Watchmen was like maybe the only mm-hmm. comedy-esque show we ever mm-hmm. not show it was the movie then, but because we're yes. old. yeah we
0: we did go see Watchmen and that was uh that was I I remember it was quite the discussion point for our group because there were lots of strong feelings about it but that was probably the only superhero thing
1: hated it and I thought I wouldn't
0: (laughs) oh I remember I I remember Ruth hating it I must have been the one that liked it then
1: well, okay, so I don't know if you remember this. I didn't see it with you guys. I may or may not have watched a maybe or maybe not pirated version of it online.
0: <laughs> Were you reviewing it for the paper? Is that why? Or
1: Yeah, I, just, I'm not going to say I did cause... a review for the college paper based on a pirated uh, version of
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that tracks with what I remember because I, j- I definitely remember like debating it with Ruth um you know there was a strong feeling about like the use of violence being too much but I kind of I felt like I liked I don't know that movie is definitely a mood I liked the mood of
1: it I'd have to Um, watch it I actually haven't watched it since then and I do remember it being very violent but like generally violence per se doesn't bother me I think I was Mm -hmm. just sort of I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, like, this is going to be amazing, and then it was okay. Mm -hmm. So I was, I recall being slightly disappointed. I am partway through the Watchmen TV show right now, so stay tuned. Oh, is it better? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. So far, it's, like, way better. Mm
0: -hmm, Good, good. Yeah, so other than Watchmen, uh, what is your sort of, like, general superhero experience or knowledge
1: or interest so and especially since obviously wandavision is related to you know the giant marvel universe and that's sort of like the big marvel disney thing um i don't like dislike it or anything but i was kind of so i've seen some of the movies but not all of them um i definitely wasn't like oh my god i gotta go out and see every single one it was sort of like you know, if either, like, eh, I want to go to the movies today, this looks okay. Or if I was dating somebody at the time who was, like, into it, I would see them. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. I thought they were okay. Some were better than others. I liked some. Others, I was like, eh. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'm fairly neutral. I did I did really, like, um, and they're not part of, like, the Disney Marvel stuff, but I would say if I liked any specifically, I did really like the X-Men movies. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Mostly because Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were in them. Um, It's true, yeah. But also, like, a couple of them were bad, but I thought most of them were good, and those were really intentionally written as like political allegories, I think, more so than a lot of the other ones. Um,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So
1: I... actually did make it a point to see all of those but even all of those i didn't like uh, necessarily um but other than those you know i'm kind of like i think some of the superhero movies are good some are not and i'm not like hardcore into the lore mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think my experience with superhero movies has been I think my exposure to superhero movies has been similar. I think my experience has been trended a little bit more negative. I tend not to like superhero movies. I find them kind of annoying. I think part of it is like a lot of the tropes are really annoying to me. And then also just there is this huge burden of like there's so much lore and it feels often like there's a high barrier to entry of like if you don't know all the lore... (laughs) (laughs) we're <laughs> yeah, gonna totally. like laugh at you you're gonna be confused we're gonna laugh at you when you don't understand what's going on like so I have tended to stay away from the superhero genre but I did like WandaVision so
1: so how much okay so a question I have because I another group of folks who liked WandaVision who I was surprised by were my mom and dad actually mostly my mom oh. I mean I my mom and dad But they had seen even fewer of the Marvel movies than I did. Mm. So I found myself, I watched like, so I watched the whole series by myself and then I went to visit my parents and I watched like half of it with them again before I went home. Uh, And I definitely found myself having to fill in some gaps for them, (laughs) which is sad because even I haven't seen all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, I definitely did not. I watched the series with my partner, Scott, who knows all the things. So I was asking him a lot of questions because I, you know, I think I had seen part of one Avengers movies where like shit all goes to hell because of the rocks. Um, uh, And so that's about all that I knew. Okay, so I...
1: Because I ha- I have seen all of the Avengers movie like there's four mm-hmm. Avengers movies I have seen all of those
0: oh, I didn't nice. okay, yeah, understand
1: no. what was going on in them because I haven't seen all of like the adjacent like you know right I think a and, lot- and the funny thing is I haven't seen all of any one of them I think I've seen like a Thor movie like a mm-hmm. Captain America I haven't seen Like, you know, it's sort of hit and miss, but I haven't seen anywhere close to... I've probably seen... I would guess about half, maybe, give or take.
0: Yeah. I I think I have similarly also seen a Thor movie and a um, Captain America movie. I have seen the end of what I believe is Avengers Endgame a couple of times in various, like, waiting rooms or other passing through places. Like it's just, I can call images to mind, but I don't really know. And I did, you know, since I have like read, I, you know, Scott filled me in on some things and I spent a lot of today reading, um, about some of the, um, background just to refresh myself. But, but yeah, I'm not, you know, the thing that interests me about WandaVision is not the backstory let's just right, say right. because I don't know it
1: <laughs> right so so the thing that interested me and we can get into this but about WandaVision um is I feel so I feel like you know if there's any fanboys in our audience I'll probably get raked over the coals for this but I feel like the Marvel movies that I've seen there's not like a whole lot of depth to any of it no. Yeah. I guess I will say I appreciate it doesn't try to be deep because I think some movies try to be deep and just aren't. Like, they just kind of are what they are. Like, it's big stupid popcorn movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought this <laughs> show had, like, interesting things to say about, like, trauma and stuff like that mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, okay, so you're actually gonna, you know, dig into some stuff that I don't think the movies do at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do actually think that like uh, maybe less so the Avengers movies, but like superheroes in comic books broadly, like there is a lot, like trauma is a huge theme. Like there's a general arc of almost every single superhero where like, you know, Batman is sort of the classic example of like, there's always some trauma at the root of like, their origin story of like how they became some kind of superhero. But I think the thing that is always just, you know, it's been hard for me to relate to as a viewer is like, well, if you were just like a normal person and this happened to you, you'd like get some fucking therapy and you'd move on with your life. You wouldn't become like some kind of crazy <laughs> vigilante. Like this is not healthy. Um, obviously like becoming a chaos, which isn't super healthy way to deal with your trauma either. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was, to me, it just seemed more realistic that like this was not a person who like, from their grief was born this like sort of troubled relationship with being a hero. Like she just, she breaks down. Like what we're witnessing in this show is the breakdown of a person over grief, which is like an extremely relatable human story.
1: Well, and the other thing that I find interesting is, is, So, especially when you, you know, you bring up Batman, which is like, yeah, my parents died and I'm just going to, like, beat the shit out of people instead of go to therapy. Like, one thing I, I think, they don't... This is one thing I guess it would be interesting if they dug into deeper, but also I think Marvel Disney would do a clunky job of it, so I'm kind of glad they didn't, was that this particular character, and I know this partially from flashbacks in WandaVision and partially from, I think it's the second Avengers movie where she's actually introduced as a character. Um I Age of Ultron, maybe? Don't quote me on that. Uh, but like... <laughs> This character comes from, I think it's fictionalized, but it's like a fictionalized ex-Soviet bloc country. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, to me, like different from Batman, where like, okay, you know, super rich playboy in the West probably could like, you know, have afforded to go to therapy and that be a thing. Whereas this character, Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, grew up in a Soviet bloc country, and obviously part of her backstory involves, you know, her parents being killed in a Mm -hmm. in a in a war is like i'm i'm a little bit less like omg go to therapy you know yeah yeah
0: yes i think she's a she's a more relatable character overall
1: yeah like Um, i'm just like i kind of get why this person who you know grew up in a crappy country and his parents were you know killed by a western bomb or whatever is like not you know forking over money to see a psychotherapist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is more reactionary. Yeah. I still don't, okay. Again, might get raked over the coals for this. <laughs> <sighs> I never, so I think when you're going into WandaVision, obviously Fran, I gather that you at least figured out that like vision died before the show, right? Yes, okay. Yes. That's kind of important. <laughs> I'm still like, even when watching the movies, I'm sort of like, didn't buy the whole like fell in love with a computer man thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess I got a suspension disbelief for that a little. Well, there's lots of suspension disbelief in these movies. But- I mean, like I sort of like didn't buy them as a thing. Apparently, they are in the comic books, which I mean, don't at me, but you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> he is a very sophisticated
1: synth as a Wade. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, like they, he's they powered by them. They just didn't spend a lot of time developing it in the movies. It was sort <gasps> of just like one oh. no, <clears> and Mister like into each other. Now at the end. Oh
0: okay I see what you're saying yeah well yeah I mean a lot of romances are not um often not very well motivated from a story point at least from my perspective yeah, um, that's but,
1: but you I'm know, just like oh, people yeah, want to yeah, see okay. the
0: hot people yeah, get together yeah. yeah um this is not related to this at all I just have to share this uh my mind was blown about 5 minutes before I got on the phone with you because I did not realize until I was reading uh, the cast list from WandaVision for about the third time that Elizabeth Olsen is the sister of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And I felt
1: really, really dumb. She only kind of looks like them, though. I think it's one of those... It's true. Once you know, you see the resemblance, but it's not like so strong that you're like, oh, duh.
0: Yes. No, you're right. As soon as I saw a picture of her face after I had the knowledge, I was like, oh, yeah. But it just, it was mostly funny to me because I just, you know, we, me and my sister watched a lot of Mary Kate Ashley movies growing up. And I just couldn't believe that, like, the name didn't even ring a bell or something. So,
1: yeah, but it's I just, <laughs> she's younger than them. So she would have been like a freaking, yeah. you know, toddler when they were doing their stuff. That's true. Yeah. So. It D-
0: definitely didn't hit my awareness when I was a yeah, 6 year I, I don't remember.
1: I didn't so when I, again, when I saw the first movie she was in, I didn't know that right away. I, I don't remember when I found out, but mm. I didn't know when I saw the second Avengers movie, which I, I think is the first of any of the stuff she was in. I was like way later that I found out about that but yeah, once I found out, I looked at her and I'm like, okay, I, I definitely see the resemblance. Mm-hmm. It. It's not so it. strong yeah. that it's like, oh my God. It's um, true. It's true. Yeah. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow. Well, I get, you know, I haven't heard anything about them. So I guess, you know, couple sisters get the front end career and the other one gets the back end. Yeah.
0: You know, I think they, uh, I don't think they do stuff in acting anymore. I think it's mostly in fashion. Well, I hope they have a lot of money. I am sure that they do. I am sure that they're doing just fine. Um, Other people in the cast I really enjoyed are Catherine Hahn. I love her in everything. And I loved her in this. Um, Just brilliant and funny. That's, a, you know, and that's another thing that I really um, made this show interesting and approachable to me is that, like, you can just enjoy it on the level of a TV show, you know, like when yeah. you, you know, the, the drama of the first couple of episodes is it doesn't even have anything to do with being superheroes. It's all sitcom tropes, you know, and yeah. so if you're just a person who enjoys television mm-hmm. as a medium then then this show is entertaining and you know there's a lot of you know being on a show within a show is a trope and i think that they did interesting things with that trope in the show as well and so just if you're you know if you're like a tv nerd this is a good show yeah. for you
1: and i'm not a tv nerd so for me when i first saw, i saw some you know i didn't again because i'm not a big you know Marvel person, I didn't like seek this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like seeing some commercials for it and seeing this whole, you know, like very kind of I love Lucy sort of vibe. And mm-hmm. I was like, What the hell? But I didn't, to be honest, I was like, That's weird, I don't really care. And then it was just because a lot of people who I otherwise wouldn't have thought would be into like a bad TV show were like, Oh my god, this show's so good i was like well i guess i'll watch it and then like then i understood but i didn't really understand the whole conceit of like each episode kind of being in a different genre because she's creating her own reality um mm-hmm. like i didn't understand that at all from the advertising until i watched it later and i was like oh, okay
0: because yeah. i oh, feel oh no like
1: I- hints at it at first and then obviously by like the third or fourth episodes it builds into like you you know what's going on, even if half the people in the show don't.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. So I think you know that that keeps you coming back from episode to episode at first because you are you know there's that suspense of like what's going on, and then when you figure it out, then that's the you know then there's that dramatic irony of like when are they gonna figure it out
1: and right well because I think know, she knows. So. Cause the whole thing mm-hmm. is that like she basically uses her crazy mind powers to take over this town and make everyone sort of a meat puppet in her horrifying, like delusional reality. Um, yeah, and then she's basically like, okay, so this is how I understood it. She is is taking over this town, controlling everybody's minds to make them a meat puppet in this reality where she is through her power manifested a vision of her deceased lover vision but so the the thing where I was like and I think you don't figure this out till later that she's broadcasting this fantasy as a frequency to the outside world mm-hmm that they're picking up on, which I kind of was like, why? That part I still mm. haven't figured out why she was doing that. Um, like, I get that she's having an absolute break and she's creating her own reality. And and I'll even sort of buy, even though I feel like it was kind of a stretch, is that, like, watching Western TV shows was a comfort for her as a kid. So she retreats to creating that. I'll even buy that. But I was like, why are you broadcasting this as a frequency?
0: Yeah. Well, I think I mean to me at least it seems like not everything that she does is under her at least conscious control, so maybe the maybe not. The broadcasting is is one of those things and I don't know if this is explicitly stated in the show, maybe this is just my take on it, but I think you could interpret it as like the broadcasting is like actually the cry for help. <laughs> yeah maybe you know so you know there's throughout the show there's like you know at first she she doesn't Wanda doesn't seem to have much of a conscious awareness of what's going on but like clearly on some level she has an awareness that she's maintaining this reality because when she's threatened um you know, things in the reality right. warp in her favor.
1: Well, that's also um, I think she's consciously broadcasting, though, because a couple times the people watching the broadcast see that she's, like, concealing shit from them. Mm, she's mm. editing it to not show stuff. Yeah. Unless that's all yeah, the- her trauma is... I, not, I yeah, guess.
0: I guess I would just interpret that as, like, she's functioning on... And sort of different levels of awareness. Because of the trauma. Like,
1: Yeah. I mean I definitely think she's like. Deeply self delusional. Oh yeah. At least at the beginning. And then I think she's less self delusional. As things progress. But it's just sort of Mm -hmm. like so desperate. To hang on to it at that point.
0: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah which you know. Again is extremely relatable. Because I think you know whether it's grief or some other thing we all have things that we struggle with admitting to ourselves
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and so. I mean I
1: will say maybe the level of self so this is something I noticed upon rewatching part of it with my parents that I didn't catch the first time either and it just like emphasized to me the degree of self-delusion so her character is from like I said, like a fictionalized... I think it's Sokovia. It's like a fictionalized mm-hmm. Soviet bloc country. It's clearly supposed to be like, you know, Romania or something like that. Sure. Um, and in most of the show, she has an American accent, but when she, like, leaves the bubble to go yell at the government people, I didn't notice this the first time, but the second time I watched it, I noticed it. She, like, has a faint European-esque accent.
0: Oh, that's like, oh, her,
1: like... I was like, if so, is she hearing herself is like this idealized Americanized person, or is she literally just like changing her own accent in that reality. But I was like, I, I didn't, it's subtle, but I think it's definitely intentional. And I did the first time and I was like, oh man, her, her level of self-delusion is so great that she's either hearing herself with a different accent or actually adopting a different Americanized accent in her bubble than she has outside her bubble.
0: Yeah, I didn't catch that the first time either, but I did wonder about that. I was like, this character is supposed to have been, you know, Eastern European. Why did she talk like this? But,
1: well, I you know, also
0: there's always like.
1: I saw the second Avengers movie, and in the second Avengers movie, she did have like a fake European accent. Oh. So I'm like, what the hell? Did they just like quit? And again, it's so. It's not strong, but I definitely did notice. I think it was like episode four or five. Whatever the first episode is where she leaves, where they try to send the drone in. Mm-hmm. And she like leaves the bubble to go yell at them to leave her alone or whatever. When she leaves the bubble, if you listen to her, you can pick up that she's speaking with sort of like a generic Eastern European mm-hmm. accent. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I think she's... <laughs> more delusional than even i thought but at the same time not because she comes out there and like obviously acknowledges that she's there's people outside this bubble and she goes back in
0: yeah well i mean you know that's the way that like i mean delusion is is a strong state to be in but i think that even just average people can be in states of like denial. And that's how people are. They don't make a lot of sense when they're in denial. They do contradictory things, you know, from an outside observer, it seems very obvious that what they're doing is inconsistent, but people don't see that. So. Yeah. I I think that's another thing that, that um, was interesting to me in that show because those kinds of mm, psychological states are just, they're just, interesting to me you know that that the problem of like reality perception and intersubjectivity and stuff like that is just
1: oh yeah it's just interesting to me well I mean especially in this one it was you know the the other thing that like really interested me is that she somehow manifests creates whatever some version of vision just like out of thin air and their kids Oh, yeah. Out of thin air. But especially with, less so with their kids. I, I don't think their kids realize fully what's going on. But obviously, at some point, Vision figures it out. And I'm just like, the, the whole concept of like, something being unreal, but created basically by someone's mind realizing that it's not real, was just like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of metaphysical weirdness going on there.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, when you were describing it earlier, you were describing her as like controlling the minds of, of, uh, you know, other people in this town of Westview as, as her meat puppets. And like the town is a real place and the people are real people. She's not like created all these people, uh, but she does have mind control powers over them. And she seems to have, some control over physical reality because like when things enter the bubble she's able to like alter them um there's the like monica rambo i think character Yeah. Yeah. yeah and when she passes through the bubble like she's changed like on a dna genetic level so like she clearly has uh wanda has it's she's not just like Manipulating people's perceptions were to understand, I think, that she's manipulating reality. No, because I uh, mean, in I some way, she too.
1: creates a physical vision. I don't think he's in yeah. her head. Mm-hmm. So she, like, creates yeah, and he, out of nothing. But what yeah. was interesting to me was that, uh, so obviously, for the first few episodes, he doesn't fully realize what's going on. But mm-hmm. what was interesting to me was that. The townspeople who already existed, who she didn't create, she was able to basically, I don't know that she was able to totally control their minds because they talk about like when they're, once they're free, they talk about like, you know, the dreams they have and how, how much they hate it. So obviously somewhere, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, have you seen Get Out? Yes. It kind of reminded me of that, like the sunken place a little bit where they're like, see what's going on, but not, can't, you know, control it. Mm-hmm. She has that level of control over them, despite the fact that she didn't create them. But doesn't like once he figures out what's going on, doesn't have that level of control over him, despite the fact that he is literally something she just created. Mm-hmm. So I just, oh, I that's just interesting kind of interesting. Oh yeah, and like, I did, hadn't thought about is that. that to him. So that could be, you know, he could be his own independent thing, even though she made him. Like I don't know, yeah. but I just found that really interesting oh. that, that he eventually figure stuff out but she's been fooling him the whole time but w- once he figures it out she's not able to to basically shush him the way she is able to shush yeah she doesn't completely control their minds because they they like something in their nose what's going on but that's true i mean i guess
0: if she had truly created like a physically real copy of vision vision has powers
1: and so maybe
0: that allows him to resist Wanda's or overcome Wanda's you know mind
1: control at least that's true yeah maybe that's it because I just maybe yeah because I couldn't really square that circle Mm-hmm.
0: Like- it could just be I don't know an inconsistency. I was more confused about like they made another vision and then the two visions merged or something. Yeah, that was. Cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen. You know, I think this show suffers is a strong word because it's an excellent show and I enjoyed watching it. Um, you say excellent. I would say good. I wouldn't
1: go so far as excellent.
0: Oh, <laughs> you okay? All right. Well, it's a good, good to excellent show. But I think it does suffer from, you know, the weakness of many, like, really complicated sci-fi plots where, like, just some things you just kind of have to be like, well, that doesn't
1: really make sense, but. (laughs) Like, it's still an effing Disney comic book movie? Is that what you are Yeah. 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 No, so I think. Yeah, like, I'm not. I I can't think too hard about.
0: Does the two visions thing really make sense? Because I suspect that it doesn't, but I don't want that to like detract from. Well, I mean, I get show. where people,
1: like, they're both like completely artificial in that Wanda made one of them with her mind powers, and the government guy made the other one because he wants a controllable weapon. Hmm. So, like, I get where they both came from, but yeah, the whole emergence thing of about magic But maybe you're right, though. Maybe it's because they both created something with power that they couldn't control.
0: Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, and the whole, like, you know, and admittedly, this is based on a very limited understanding of me just, like, reading various wiki pages today. But, like, the whole universe seems to kind of conflate, like, science things and magic things. Yeah. So, like, the line between very advanced science and magic at the level of fundamental reality seems to be very fuzzy.
1: <laughs> that's where, especially with this one, it gets wild. Because, to me, especially when they introduce Agatha, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I think both Agatha and Wanda are, like, witches. That That is correct. My understanding of Wanda in the comics is that she's actually a mutant. And like connected mm. to the X Men universe somehow, but because Disney doesn't own the X Men, <laughs> they had to do something else. Um, yeah. But I wasn't, I'm- you know, I was kind of, I was, I'm actually kind of wrong about this though as I'm thinking about it, because I was sort of like, well, except for her, all of the Avengers are like science experiments gone wrong or rich boys with science projects, but. <laughs> Thor is clearly, like, a Norse god. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. like, Thor plus a bunch of science experiments gone wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: everybody else is a science experiment gone wrong, except, like, Wanda and fucking Thor.
0: Yes, yeah. Um... Yeah, so I, you know, and again, this is based on my limited reading just today. So people on the internet, don't be mad at me. (laughs) But um, I think we're to understand that like Wanda had some powers, but then they were like, you know, further activated or escalated when she like came into contact with like Loki's a scepter or something like
1: that
0: yes yes understanding. which I think contained one of the infinity stones which is you know these are these objects of like extreme power so that that's how she could become the Scarlet Witch, which is, you know, that's why Agnes is really interested in her because Agnes is also a witch, but, like, the Scarlet Witch is, like, another whole level of witch power. But I also think that we, you know, it's sort of, like, an open question at the end of the series what exactly the nature of these witchy powers are because I think it sort of ends with, like, you know, Wanda needs to investigate this further, this witch business, so...
1: Well, because I don't think Wanda understood until Agatha explained it to her where her power came from. Correct. I yes. think because Because the story of, like, Wanda and her brother... Th- mm. This is where the whole witch part gets confusing because her brother, Pietro, is just this guy with, like, super speed.
0: The yeah, movie.
1: that's sort of... It. He got a bum deal, man. <laughs> yeah, but, like, so in... I My understanding of the original sort of lore of them, it makes more sense because so the original lore of them is that they're like related to one of the X-Men and they're mutants. Mm. Like one gets super speed and one gets this, you know, whatever power Wanda has, which is apparently a shit ton.
0: but <laughs> Well, I think originally it was just sort of described as like psychic powers, like she can move stuff with her
1: mind basically yeah but then she can sort of just like yeah but then at the end she's got all this like shooting shit out of her hands and stuff like
0: oh yeah but i think that comes you know with the escalation of like being in contact with the infinity stone that's not
1: right but i think in like the original comic books like it all came from like she's a mutant and then they had to do it differently here because they don't have that mutant connection
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: So, and granted, as far as I understand things, there's like 8,000 different comic book worlds. So maybe there is a comic in which she's also a witch, but like my understanding was that the main thread of her is as a mutant. I see. see. And because her, like her brother, the super speed guy, he's actually in, she's not, but he played by a different person is actually in the X-Men movies also. Mm Hmm. So, like, in the Disney Marvel world, they just kind of, like, have these powers innate. And in, like, the X-Men world, it's because they're mutants. I see. And anyway, so I think <sighs> for her, it's, it's, like, yes, it was some kind of innate thing, but exposure to the Tesseract heightened it. So it's kind of like mm. a mixed fantasy and sci-fi type stuff. But then to me, I'm like, how'd her brother get super speed? Is he like a warlock who's just super fast? Like, I don't know.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that one.
1: Because the whole, I don't know, so I don't know, Fran, if you would know this, because you haven't seen as many of the movies, but when they, like, mm. that guy shows up and they're like, oh, they recast Pietra, her brother, but who, who, the guy mm. who's like her dead brother, but who's not her brother.
0: Hmm.
1: So the background of that, maybe Scott explain this to you, is that his his name his nickname in the movies is in the comics is quicksilver so in he was both in the x-men movies which are made by fox and the disney movies and he's played by a different person in each of those movies and in the disney movies he dies But the guy who shows up in WandaVision is the guy who plays him in the Fox movies. Oh, clever. So they're trying to be very, like, tongue-in-cheek about it. That's funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, like, you know, I was saying earlier, like, this is definitely a show for TV nerds. Like, they're definitely very tongue-in-cheek about a lot of TV stuff. Like, you know, as, as she progresses through her, you know, history of the sitcom, we get a whole, like, spoof of Modern Family, which... I thought was very funny because I think that show is stupid. So I was
1: glad to see a send up. Actually, never seen Modern Family, but I assume that was like one the like where she was being interviewed and stuff. On the yes, time. yes, mm-hmm. that was that whole bit. So, yeah, and I mean yeah, that maybe... like that part was fun to me. The the send up of the of the tv shows but like i don't know i felt that could have gotten pretty gimmicky after a while so like i said when i when i first was watched this like saw this advertised i'm like oh this is some like gimmick bs Mm
0: -hmm. and then i got
1: way more into it when i was like oh no this is about somebody like this is what happens when somebody who has a lot of power they can't control is dealing with serious trauma yeah yeah Um, yeah
0: no i think they they handled the I think they handled the pacing well so that they could have it work on both levels, but not like wear out the gimmick. And then also tell this deeper story. That's more meaningful and interesting, but also so that that didn't become overwhelming, you know, because that's a pretty heavy story. Yeah. I think they balanced,
1: but I think there's certainly like uh, mostly light, a little bit heavy at the beginning and then sort of switch the ratio as you went on. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: So is it as it well structured in that sense
1: no I agree I will say I'm not gonna lie one thing that kind of pissed me off at the end was that she's when they finally kind of like free the town mm-hmm. she's walking out of this town and all these people are staring at her like pissed off
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the the Maria Rambo chick tells Wanda like they'll never understand what you did for them, what you gave up for them. And I'm like, no, she is like the mm-hmm. bad guy. There's like no accountability for the fact that she basically enslaved yeah.
0: people. Yeah, I think what she did was really, you know, she was not, I mean, arguably she's not fully in control of what she was doing. Right. But what she did was terrible. She did, as you say, enslave people. She tortured them unintentionally but she tortured them um, and I think it maybe would have been better if like when she undid the Westview thing like time rolled back or people Why, at least had their I'm, memories wiped right. yeah. like
1: but I'm uh, angry yeah the- okay I'll, I'll buy in a superhero world that disney marvel has created that apparently she doesn't even get held really accountable for it per se even that even that okay maybe i'll go there but then the line that like they'll never understand what you did for them. I'm like, no, she is not the good guy. She's sympathetic, but she's not the good guy. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, I think,
0: you know, On the, we could read it as like the show is forcing us to confront a reality where if there are, if there exists these people of just like sort of unlimited power, like this will be the reality where like people do have, can't exert strong power and control over other people without consequences. Like, who's going to punish her?
1: Right? She's no, I to
0: change that. the captive reality. I
1: get that part, but when, like, honestly, yeah. the line that just like made it sound like she was the good person for making the sacrifice. That's where I was like, yeah. no, okay, I get it. That like, practically speaking, it's a, it's difficult to hold these people accountable. Yeah, but no. I, but don't I, be I like, really- oh. You're the hero for giving up your completely constructed reality in exchange for not literally enslaving these people who didn't do anything right.
0: wrong. <laughs> right. Well, and honestly, like, I think that was one thing that I liked about the show, show more than I like about other superhero shows is that, like, Wanda is really this... She, she's, she's not a hero. Um, yeah. She's not, she's not even really an anti-hero she's just bad and, and we're not, I I don't feel like at the end I was, I came away from this show feeling like she is a hero.
1: No. And I, I mean, she's a little bit, and again, I think I've seen more of the movies than you, but she's a little bit interesting anyway, because she initially comes into this, universe is like actually aligned with the bad guys Mm -hmm. in the in the original movie she's in um Mm -hmm. because well the quote-unquote bad guys because but and i again i think the show shows this is like her backdrop is like her parents were killed in a western you know in a strike by like american weapons Mm -hmm. so in the movie she and her brother become like radical like Anti Western people who, you know, end up teaming up with the quote unquote bad guy terrorists from the Marvel movies. Like they're full on in with the bad guys until the bad guys go too far. And then she basically, but she's very like practical. Like she ends up siding with the Avengers because she was betrayed. Right. Not because she's like rah rah Avengers. Mm-hmm. So she's very yeah. like this whole time. I don't, I don't know that she's ever been at least from what i've seen in the movies a quote-unquote hero or as a villain like she's just a survivalist interested in her own Mm -hmm. stuff because she's just really messed up
0: exactly i think she's
1: just like a very powerful person trying to like muddle through stuff and she does some good stuff some bad stuff because it's whatever takes to get her through her issues
0: exactly which is What all the rest
1: of us are doing. Right. Yes. I was like, that doesn't make her a good guy, but I feel like it makes her more relatable than most of them because she's not like you know, Captain America, whose whole thing is to be like wholesome and good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's gross. Um...
0: Yeah, and you know, I feel like we do. We get a lot of Captain America type stories where like someone has overcome some difficulty to like become a hero who is like unequivocally good, except for maybe like once he stumbles, but then he like recovers and he's the hero. Um, and we get a lot of stories where like you know, for villain, we get we have a lot of dualities. We have heroes and we have villains, and um, for villains, we have a lot of like traumatic backstories leading them to become the twisted people they are today and I feel like Wanda is in the middle of like she's been the quote villain and she's been the quote hero and she's all over the place and yeah she has trauma but she's fighting it and she's like doing it in a very relatable way so I just I think it like steers between these kind of tired superhero tropes and that's very refreshing to me.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a very refreshing ambiguity to me because it's, especially in like the. So I'm not big on superhero movies generally, but I feel like especially the Marvel movies are just very, the ones I've seen are very. Good guy, bad guy, not a lot of nuance. Mm -hmm. so i was surprised pleasantly by the level of nuance this show brought because yeah up until this point they pretty much just been like here's the good guys here's the bad guys whatever right right and this is more like this is a person who's been some really through some really messed up shit Mm -hmm. and doesn't really know how to handle it you know because i i think it's kind of like you know yeah, she did bad stuff in this, and I'm not excusing it. Like, again, I feel like she really kind of got off too easy with this whole, like, they'll never understand what you did. I was like, fuck like, <laughs> what she did was bad, but, yeah. like, really bad. But at the same time, I'm sort of like, okay, if you had, a like, a normal person who was traumatized and gave them that level of power, like, how much better would they do? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I don't... I will say, I I don't know about you. This didn't really. I feel like in the universe they've created, this is pretty isolated incident for me. Like it did not really generate my interest in any of the rest of it.
0: Oh, no, I'm never going to watch any of these other movies. But if they make more WandaVision, I'll watch it. Like I want to see more of Wanda being a witch. I'm into the witch thing, too. Like, you know, I'm not into superheroes. But I am into witchiness. So if they make a second season all about witches, I'm fully going to watch that. I
1: wonder if you're going to be disappointed because from both what I know of having watched probably a few more movies than you and of the internet speculation, I I think the end is not a setup for another season. I think it's a setup for one of the mm. movies. All right. Well, that's understandable. I hope I'm wrong, but... Because I'm just gonna set up the shows, so, you know. I think they're just basically creating this like giant fork over all of your money universe, which is probably working quite well. Oh, yeah. Sure,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this is the age of capitalism, so that's yeah. what drives everything. And that's all, su- like, that's all superhero movies are is like nobody makes a superhero movie because they want to make art.
1: You make superhero movies because they're blockbusters, <laughs> right right but i mean like i feel like from what i understand of it that like mm-hmm. disney has gone very next level in crazy integrating all of this into like this feeds into this movie and this feeds into the show yes. and, like, to understand mm-hmm. it, you got to watch all of it and i'm like well i don't care enough but there's clearly people who do
0: well so this does not surprise me at all because um I don't know if you remember this, but one summer at Juul, I took a class on Wagner. Yeah, that's when you went to LA, right? Yes, that's when I went to LA. And we learned about the total artwork. And as part of that, I had to read an article about Disney and how Disney is like continuing this arguably Wagnerian project of like the total artwork. And, you know, that article is like some technical scholarly article written like you know 50 years ago or whatever but like i feel like the argument is even stronger now with capitalism because the motivation is not you know it's gone beyond the ideological motivation that disney himself had wait a minute so this is talking about
1: like the og disney
0: yes walt disney the man um you know had this desire which you know, in this scholarly article that we had to read for class, was they related to like the Wagnerian concept of like the total artwork um, that is like an all-encompassing reality of you know of itself, and That's they right. relate this to yeah. like you know Walt Disney had this plan. I don't know if you've heard about this, but like what has become Epcot was originally supposed to be like a designed
1: community. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do, and. That.
0: Yeah. So so they there the people have argued that like um you know Disney has this sort of like totalizing bent um even going back to the original days ideologically and now I feel like with capitalism like the motivation is even more strong to be because you know just like the business strategy of so many businesses now is just like we have to make our thing
1: be so addicting to people that they right. like can't leave. <laughs> no, that's well, it's interesting too, because even though like, and Walt Disney himself obviously had all kinds of issues, shall we say, but I, I, I feel like his, you know, when he was doing, Ep- I, cause I did know, that's really interesting. Cause I did know that Epcot was originally supposed to be like a planned community. And also I know that like at Disneyland, like future world, which I don't think mm-hmm. they still have anymore, but at the time was supposed to be like, here's a showcase of actual like technology and like predictions about what things are going to be like, you know, it it wasn't like, Oh my God, check out this cool ride.
0: Like Mm -hmm. it was more like,
1: you know, this, this is the future. So I feel like, you know, he had, again, tons of issues, anti-Semitic racism. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now I'm going to go, but that's a huge, but so I want (laughs) to know. But at the same time, I feel like his was not all, it was definitely capitalist and bent, but it wasn't all about product. Like, I think he actually Mm -hmm. believed, like it was a a utopian project in some way. Mm -hmm. That he really believed in this sort of utopian integrated world, whereas now I feel like what they're doing with these integrated properties is just pure, like, let's just make a shit ton of money off of this stuff
0: yes yeah wow. you're exactly right which
1: i don't know is any better or worse because obviously it's not as ambitious but at the same time it might be far more realistic
0: it, it also well, might be far more dangerous like every single good. utopia ever has fallen apart but no
1: that's what i mean is like the utopian part might be dangerous like this might be safer in that they just want to make a crap ton of money off of movies <laughs> Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, I think they've abandoned the whole... Like, I don't think Disney anymore is like, oh, let's plan the community of the future and do the community of the future. I think Disney's like, let's build these really integrated intellectual properties to make a ton of money off of movies and merchandise. Yes, that's Which, true. Like, on the surface sounds, like, lazier, but yeah, at the same time might be better if they're just kind of staying in their lane and not trying to shape how everyone lives
0: yeah it's not an ideological mind control project it's just money sucking you dry of all your money it's money
1: right yeah yeah but i feel like it, it's weird because it, it is all it's it's at the same time both yeah these really big integrated immersive worlds and projects but i feel like it went from yeah I make cartoons but let's also look at the future and planned communities Mm -hmm. and space and technology blah 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 to now it's like let's do marvel and star wars and make a crap ton of money
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i guess when you put it that way it's it's comforting it's just they just i I mean it's not
1: everybody i don't know that it's great because the fact that it works means yeah it's definitely sort of like opium for the masses type (laughs) thing.
0: Yeah. Well, because, and that's, you know, I think that's to me where like I see the element of danger is that like, um, I mean, maybe danger is even stating it too strongly, but like people don't, Disney fans are, it's like part of their identity. Um, Yeah. They're, they, they really buy into it. And I don't think that they see it as like, oh, this is just something that I exchange my money for in return for entertainment.
1: Um, Oh, no, I don't think they do. But I think it's what Disney sees it as. Like, I I think Disney is more than happy to just ride those people all the way to the bank. Versus like Walt Disney, I think, was seriously like, I'm gonna change the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, but I mean, I think I yeah, I think the current Disney is that it's just sort of. Yeah. And this sounds so... I don't want to sound too elitist here. It's not like I'm some great arbiter of art and thought or whatever. But it does kind of seem that current Disney is, like, sort of just cheap, mass-produced stuff without a ton of depth mm-hmm. that people nonetheless invest a ton of time and energy into that is probably better spent elsewhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... So I think it's its own issue in a way. Obviously, I say this as somebody who spent, you know, 10 hours of her life watching this show. True. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to... Go ahead.
0: Sorry. I I don't mean to, like, uh, paternalistically suggest that, like, people ought to, you know... Invest in their own growth as people, and not be like addicted to Disney or whatever. I just, right? I don't know. I think, you know, people some some people think that they're like in authentic connection with a community and something that's real in Disney, and I'm like, no, it's like a product.
1: Yeah, like they um, don't care,
0: or I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm like underselling people. Maybe they know it's just a product too, and they're like, I like it, or whatever. I don't I'm know. Sure we live in so a weird,
1: weird like time. Both. I mean, yeah, because I. <laughs> Again, this is going to sound super elitist. But, like, okay, for example, you and I are both notorious lovers of, like, even Harry Potter. But
0: Mm -hmm. I don't
1: invest my identity as an adult person in these fictionalized properties in a way that a lot of people do. And I don't want to be judgy, but at the same time, I'm like, is this where adult people should be spending so much of their emotional energy and yeah, intellectual yeah. energy, you know, like I, you know, I almost want to say financial, but like, it's none in my business. How anybody spends your money if you want to go to, you yeah. know, like I go to Harry Potter world, whatever. But I think there's just kind of a boundary that I'm, and I don't know where to draw it, but I think there are mm. people who truly just invest so much of their emotional and intellectual energy into this, and I'm sort of concerned by that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a very interesting question, and I don't, I don't know where the line is either. And I think it's easy to think, you know, wh- whatever side of the line that you're on, that you're on the right side. And I don't know, you know, maybe there aren't any right answers either. Like live and let live. It takes all kinds. I really
1: don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I I, do know that, yeah, I think Disney has clearly been like, whatever, this is a lucrative market. Like, they've tapped that van for the money now. I don't think they care about any of the rest of it. Which, business-wise, they're probably printing money in their sleep. True. But I, I think it is far removed from sort of, like, the original Disney Project. And again, that, you know, even though I do think it's problematic, maybe that's better and that they're a little bit less like trying to dictate how everyone lives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just mean, like, I think- hey, if this is what people are gonna spend their energy on, might as well make some money off of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you know, too, I think that's sort of the like um, I don't know, maybe the way that capitalism kind of sneaks up on us too, because it's like, hey man, we're not trying to tell you how to live. Just like if you wanna buy this, maybe buy it. But maybe it's not maybe it is more coercive than that. And like maybe also now we kind of live in a society where we don't have any shared values because we the only thing like we can all agree on that we value is money.
1: Yeah. Well it's it's interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this is probably getting way too in-depth, but whatever. We, have, we have gone here. way off on a date. It is. Nobody came here to hear us recap WandaVision. There's 86 YouTube channels for that. but It's true. It, it's no, but true. it does, like, okay, so contrasting, and again, with all its problems, like Walt Disney's sort of, like, utopian idealism versus, like, now Disney's, you know, just purely, I think, business decisions and fan service. Just, I, I've been thinking a lot lately about how, and again, Not without huge attendant problems, so I'm not saying this is right or better than what we have now, but I think you kind of used to have in, like, wealthier elitist parts of, like, U.S. society this kind of, like, sort of patrician noblesse oblige where it was like, yeah, there were all these, like, rich people and, like, rich white people who tried to, you know, impose a certain vision on the world and that had all kinds of attendant problems but at the same time they at least in their own warped way kind of felt compelled to be contributing in a way versus now where it's just like you know i'm not gonna tell like i I feel like there's less investment in sort of this obligation to the world and having a, a a sort of you know Vision of contribution, and it's more just like, well, you can do whatever you want, but I want to make a crap ton of money.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you thinking about like, like somebody like Carnegie Mellon or something?
1: Yeah, sort of like that. Or I was even thinking like, um, yeah, Carnegie Andrew Carnegie, or even. You know, just sort of like the old, you know, the quote-unquote waspy family. So, like, for example, the not the current iterations, but, like, the older Bush family is an example I would think of. Mm. Like, you know, do I have a lot... Do I think that, like, the original George Bush and his parents or whatever had tunnel vision from their perspective that made it harmful? Yes, but I also feel like that iteration of a lot of these, you know folks kind of also were like well we still need to be service oriented and and do these certain things versus now i feel like people are maybe less inclined to try and single-handedly impose their vision on the world but also are like less mm-hmm. service oriented yeah yeah well, i think I, don't, I, I think there's a ton of problems with both and you know yeah. there's there's good features of both and a ton of problems with both i'm not Saying one's better than the other, but I I do feel like it reflects that larger shift of there's sort of less, you know, less the sort of, like, sense of obligation, however misplaced Mm -hmm. it is, and more just like, yeah, may the best man win.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I do, yeah, I mean, I do think we learned that, like, you know, when you do have a few people setting the agenda, so to speak, no matter how well-meaning they are, like it doesn't necessarily work out well for everyone.
1: <laughs> right. Well, because the problem with exclusion. Now I think you have more, yeah. I think now is more ruthless, but less open or no, sorry, more ruthless, but also more open.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: well, I, you know, I hope we could eventually get to a point where we could, <laughs> we could be open and
1: Not ruthless. Yeah, like that would be that would be the ideal. So yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely not pining for the good old days of like the wasp families in the northeast mm -hmm. telling us all what to do. So like, yeah, I just notice that kind of shift. And yeah, like I said, I'm 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 definitely not pining for that. But I'm not pining for maintaining the status quo either. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, we discussed Wanda vision. We discussed other visions <laughs> in Utopias. <laughs> we did <just> so... <laughs> getting
1: way off track. And now it's
0: time uh, to bring it home. I think so, yeah. So, so I think the consensus is like WandaVision is a good show.
1: It's a good show. It goes into more depth and nuance than I think a lot of these Disney shows do. Is it going to make me sink my teeth into the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe? No,
0: we're not hooked. You didn't get us, Disney. You didn't get (laughs) us.
1: It's uh, you know, I might still go see one on a date night if there's nothing else to do. But
0: what can you do? Uh,
1: watch Wandavision
0: again.